Well, thank you so much for, for you know, calling and joining me today. This is awesome. Yeah, okay. Thank you. I love, well, thank you for having me. And if you hear weird, weird breathing, my cat is uh, on my shoulders and neck, and it's my cat, <laughs> not me. It's not you. <laughs> yes. That you, you swear. You stand by that. That's your excuse. Yeah, I yeah love that's it. my story. Yeah, I love it. Uh, so you're coming to Calgary. This is pretty cool. I am cam- uh, coming to Calgary. Yes, um, I'm coming. Um, uh, I'm, I'm getting there tomorrow. Uh, no, wait. Are, are we taping already? Is it pre-taping? I arrived <laughs> Thursday. Whatever the whatever the right answer is. Yeah, and, and and so tell me about this rock opera that you you've written and you're starring in. Yes. Uh, here's the funny thing. I can't write or uh, sing, but I um, <laughs> uh, but I wrote it on guitar. I can't play guitar either. So uh, I played. I taught myself when I was 32 um, uh, many years ago, and I'm very bad, but just enough to learn to write songs. And I've always loved rock operas. I've loved um, Jesus Christ Superstar and Tommy when I was like um, a teenager. Those were very important to me. And um, I always liked those. And then um, instead of just writing bad pop songs, I thought to myself, why don't I really torture the audience and write a whole hour uh, <laughs> rock opera where all you do is sing? And um, and it's based on a, a true story that happened to me and Dave Foley in the uh, in the early nineties. Oh, really? What, can can you share the story, or do you want it to be a surprise? I um, uh, <laughs> a well, I don't mind it not being a surprise. Uh, it's not even an A and B. Just one thing. I don't mind it not being a surprise. <clears throat> but um, I figure if the only the audience that wants to come and see me sees it, um, then I won't be canceled. If I say it on a radio show, when <laughs> it's about, uh, I might be in trouble. Oh, really? It's one of those stories. Okay. I well, got... no, I'm, not, I'm exaggerating for comic effect, but it, but it is there is a thing that happens that's a true story that I uh, yeah I guess for the surprise I shouldn't say, but I can tell you vaguely it is vaguely about um, I had a girlfriend at the time the, who my nickname for her is Cheater. And um, uh, there's a lot of songs with the word cheater, and, and so it's sort of about our relationship. She um, splits up with me for the eighth time, and then uh, uh, Dave Foley and I have to go to New York. Um, uh, this is a true story. to do the Joan Rivers uh, show. Something um, big happens, and then I go back and try to work it out with Cheater. And that's <laughs> <laughs> basically the vague premise. Sounds good. Okay, and, and lots of music, obviously, because it's a rock lots, opera. Yeah, all music, but uh, but the, the, the audience, everyone else there can sing, and uh, the guitarist can really play guitar. Unfortunately, I have the biggest part, so I'll be singing the most. <laughs> I apologize for that. You apologize ahead of time. Okay. Yes, I, I gotcha. Do. Gotcha. Okay. You're, you're, I know that you're also featuring um, the Kinkonauts. Now, wh- what are the Kinkonauts? The Kinkonauts. Uh, aren't they big in Calgary? You should know them. They're, uh, they're an improv troupe, um, and they work out of a theater that they rent from. And uh, just like my third time working with them, they're very good improvisers. They love improv. Um, uh, <laughs> maybe too much. <laughs> they love improv, and um, uh, they'll be helping me with the rock opera. And that's that's a it's a big show. It's too big. If you uh, get a good sleep, if you want to come to the show, um, there's the the rock opera, which is about an hour. Then we take intermission, and then we improvise. Uh, hopefully for less time than an hour, hopefully for only like 30 or 40 minutes. Um, and again, uh, I may not be a good improviser, but I'll be protected and safe with the Kinkonauts, who are good improvisers. There you go. Okay, you're selling yourself short, my friend, because everyone knows you, of course, from Kids in the Hall and and your skills on stage, you know, starting at the Rivoli and then, of course, on television and, uh-huh. and on stages and now on Amazon Prime with a, with yes. a brand. So how, how was... How how has it been over the years that you guys keep, you know, colliding with each other and creating such great comedy? <laughs> 
Well, like, uh, you know, like I met Dave in the early 80s, and then one by one we met the other guys. And I was just thinking the other day about how, um, like, I grew up in Mississauga, Ontario, a suburb outside, of, just like right outside of Toronto. Uh, it's practically Toronto, only it's got bushes and, and, and fences. And uh, I, there's no one, I mean, I, I made friends and stuff, but there was no one that spoke my language. And then I met Dave Foley, and he's the first one that spoke my language. That we were uh, funny about the same things, we laughed about the same things, we liked the same movies, the same songs. No one. Um, when I was a teenager, uh, people thought Elvis Costello was too punk. No one. <laughs> they all liked uh, Pink Floyd and Led Zeppelin, who are good. I'm not saying they're not. Um, but Dave Foley was the first one that I met that liked Elvis Costello. Uh, you know, just that as an example. And one by one, um, the others were like that too. And then we just speak the same language. And I mean, I get along with them better than any wife I've ever had. And and so over the years, you can't take that away. Sure, we fight like married couples do, even though there's five of us. But um, uh, but we love each other. And I I always say um, uh, lovers and girlfriends and boyfriends and wives and husbands will come and go. But um, we're the ones that are guaranteed that we'll be at all our funerals. And, um, and, and, and we're still funny, so nothing's much changed except that we have more lines in our faces. <laughs> and you're guaranteed to have at least one person at your funeral. <laughs> yes. At least yes. one, well, if not I, four. I could be the last. I'm, the, I'm not saying I'm the healthiest, but I, I have these smoothies every day that are pretty good. And, um, <laughs> so, what, so what does Kevin McDonald do, you know, in between Kids in the Hall and, re- and writing ro- uh, rock operas? <laughs> well, um, the, the thing I'm most excited about now, uh, well, one thing is I, I'm doing the rock opera a lot because I'm rewriting it after every time I do it, and I'm going to play um, a, a, a good theater in New York uh, one night, the Bell House in Brooklyn, and then my plan is to make it a, like an off-Broadway show, at least play a few weeks there. So that's one little thing. That's more for fun. Um, and then the other, this is also for fun, but it's uh, hopefully the the start of a new career, even though I'm old. Um, I've written a movie that I'm in talks with uh, getting produced, and I, I'm going to co-direct it and, and star in it. And um, uh, and I, even though I want to do this in my 20s, I want to be like um, Albert Brooks, a guy who writes, directs, and stars in his own movies. So <laughs> I just turned 61. But um, Frank Lloyd Wright, the great architect, did his best work in his 60s and 70s. So that's my <laughs> idol. <laughs> So that's the most exciting. And, of course, every weekend um, uh, I go to uh, different cities um, uh, to keep the money in and to have fun. It's always fun. I don't make money with anything that isn't fun. And um, I, I teach workshops during the day, and I do different shows at night. Um, like I'll be teaching workshops here in Calgary during the day, and then I'll be doing that um, rock opera slash improv show. Fantastic. Fantastic. I also know so Don't Kevin. worry about me. I'm having fun. <laughs> that's good. That's good. And so, Kevin, I, I know you and, uh, well, the whole gang from the kids in the hall you're going to be coming to the calgary and Enter- yes. comic and entertainment expo um, yeah like i'll be there a month later yeah yeah so i mean a couple times in calgary in the next you know four or five weeks here which is awesome so what what is probably the top question you get asked you know when you meet fans wow well i wow <laughs> I don't know. If it's a question and answer thing, they'll ask me stuff like, what's my favorite character? But uh, you know what we used to hear a lot? Um, um, and now we're old, so we don't get this. But uh, in the 80s and 90s, this is the question we got the most. 
you guys live together? Like we were like the monkeys, like living in bunk beds or something. Uh, I always thought that was funny. We, we heard that a lot. Uh, you guys live in the same house together. Like just the five of us, <laughs> and we'd kill each other. I was going to say, what would that be like? <laughs> It'd be horrible. I mean, we wouldn't be able to, um, again, like married couples who work together, I think some of them last, but it's hard. It's hard. Yeah, I bet. Who would be the messiest in the house? Scott Thompson. For oh. sure? Well, no. It's Scott Thompson, Bruce McCullough. Uh, do I have time to tell you this quick story about how messy Scott yes, Thompson and Bruce McCullough are? Yes, of course you do. Uh, and, oh, it takes place close to Calgary in Edmonton. Uh, they messed up Edmonton, not Calgary, in um, 1987, right before we were going to go to New York and work with Lauren Michaels. We had the summer to do fringe festivals, and we went to the Edmonton Fringe Festival. And um, the little clean British guys, Mark, Dave, and I, we, sh- we shared one room, and the two pigs... Uh, Scott and Bruce, they're just pigs. Um, they stayed in their room, and they never cleaned up, and they uh, they put the Do Not Disturb sign on even when they weren't there. So um, <laughs> the place got there – uh, there were things I, I, I'm sure that are illegal, uh, and smells and, and, and stains. <laughs> it was horrible. You could smell it from the – and finally, even they thought, oh, we should have a clean, so they took the Do Not Disturb sign off. And then a few hours later, I was walking past their room, and the housekeeper was crying, and the hotel manager was saying, um, uh, Crystal, you have to go in there and clean it. It's your job. And she said, um, I have three kids and no husband, and I, I still would rather be fired than go in that room. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's ridiculous. That's so Pretty good. Story. Is it true? Even her name, Crystal. I remember that. Oh, that's funny. It's, it's amazing what sticks in your brain, right, that you remember? Yes. yes. <laughs> it really is. It really is. Uh, so, so, okay, so you, uh, you get asked about characters. Um, you get asked about living together. Is there any other common theme or thread in, in the questions that you get uh, when you meet fans? I think uh, I think a common thread is that there's hope that we'll never split up, that, uh, that we'll stay immortal, and there won't be any funerals in our future, and then we'll never split up. I, 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 like they always say, um, uh, what's it like when you guys get back together? They think that we split up, and then we get back together, because every, every three or four years we do a tour or a TV show or a miniseries or the next thing we might do is a movie or something. Um, but it's not like we, we've never split up. I mean... There was after Brain Candy. There was some uh, we didn't know what was going to happen because Brain Candy bombed and it seemed like everything was stopping. But then a couple years later, we did our first like big tour. Um, I, I, everyone's always afraid that we're going to split up. We're, we're not going to split up, um, even when we do start dying. And the other ones of us will hang out. We probably we won't do the kids in the hall anymore because we're not like. Um, the Rolling Stones. We can't replace Bill Wyman. We're all like, it, it, it's the five of us or nothing. But I thought that with Monty Python. I thought they would just go on forever and ever and never die and never split up. And um, We'll never split up. We'll just die. I promise. <laughs> okay. Okay. I guess we'll have to hold you to that promise. <laughs> yeah, I, can, I think that one will be easy. <laughs> as morbid as that promise is. There you go. Very good. And uh, last thing, Kevin, if you don't mind answering. I mean, is yes. is there... Is there one memory that sticks out in your mind that always comes back whenever you think of, you know, the early days as the kids in the hall? Oh, there's so many. I, I guess I've said this story a lot, but meeting Dave Foley was the, is the thing that I remember the most because I was, like, in the Second City workshop. I was, um, I guess I had just turned 20, and I'd been there for a year, so I felt old. And I was there for you. Everybody else was over 35, and they weren't funny, and I was funny. And for the past year... 
I, I had made a friend, another teenager named Mike Myers, who um, <laughs> we were friends, but he was so good. He got discovered and he got hired. He was um, only two teenagers ever got hired for Second City, Catherine O'Hara and Mike Myers. Um, and I, I was a lumpy um, uh, potato of potential. I, I, like I, I, I was good, but I hadn't. He was as good as he always was. But anyway, he left. So my very first class without him, I was kind of lonely. And then another teenager came in. Dave was eighteen, and he, uh, and just by coincidence, I, or by coincidence, or just by the fact that he saw that I was the only young person there, uh, he sat next to me. We didn't talk or anything. And then uh, the class began, and the teacher got us into uh, groups of two. There were like thirty people in the class, and we got into groups of two, and we had to do the mirror exercise, the famous acting yeah. thing, where you mirror each other's movements. And everybody else was doing it like real actors. And Dave and I, we hadn't talked to each other yet. And we started mirroring each other's movements in funny ways. We started doing funny movements and funny faces. And then we started slowly going to the floor. Then on the floor, we pretended that Dave was giving birth to me. And then, and then, I, <laughs> and then after that, we started crawling towards the door. And by pure chance, someone else, uh, some late student, opened the door um, uh, so they can get in. And we, there was an open door. So Dave and I crawled to the street. And we were out on the sidewalk, like crawling around. And then um, the teacher, I, we saw him through the window, um, uh, very angry at us, waving us to come back in. And you could tell, you could read his lips that he was swearing at us. And then we, we came back in and we laughed our heads off. And then it, and by the end of the workshop, he had done improvs. Dave Foley had done improvs where I knew that he was as funny as I thought he was. And I, was, I had a good day that day, too, luckily enough. So he knew that I was funny. And afterwards, I didn't uh, when the class was over, I didn't know his name. Uh, and I went to him and I asked him if he would join my comedy troupe. I didn't have a comedy troupe. And he said, yes, that sounds like fun. And then I called my friend Luciano Casimiri. He said, we have to start that comedy troupe we were talking about. I just found <laughs> a guy. He's better than Mike Myers. And that's how the original Kids in the Hall started. And that's the memory. Of, there's millions and millions of memories, good and bad. But that's the one, uh, when I think of the Kids in the Hall, it's sort of the start of it, the order of it. Um, so I remember that first. So Dave giving birth to you, that sticks out in your mind. <laughs> Dave giving birth to me and us going out in Toronto and like in a cold October day. <laughs> And the teacher swearing at you and gesturing to come back yeah, in. Get, I love it. Yeah, gesturing to get back in. Oh, I love it. Uh, Kevin, uh, thank you so much. Anything else we need to know about the rock opera before I let you go today? Yes, it starts at a certain time that I forget. <laughs> it's at 8 o'clock. <laughs> Somewhere between 7 and 1 a.m. The, the rock opera starts. Um, uh, and like I said, the second half is improv. Um, uh, so uh, if the rock opera bombs, we have a chance to save it. Um, you know, with with, uh, with a good old fashioned improv, of course, it's all made up, nothing scripted. Um, I'll be there. I'll try. Uh, I do this thing now. I challenge myself because uh, improv scares me. But uh, but I, I figure people are coming to see me, and it's good for me artistically in a way that I make sure that I'm in every scene now, which means uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin, uh, a whirlwind of energy, my friend. Thank you for this conversation today. I Thank do you. appreciate it. Thank you. And before I let you go, where's home now? Where does Kevin McDonald hang out? I, uh, I accidentally live in Winnipeg, Manitoba. Nice. Nice. I moved it from Los Angeles. I met a woman uh, 11 years ago in Winnipeg at the Winnipeg Comedy Festival. So uh, now I live in Winnipeg. I'm not far from you. <laughs> Home to Winnipeg. There, We're going to yeah. Winnipeg. There you we're go. We're going to Winnipeg <laughs> from Los Angeles. <laughs> Good stuff, Kevin. Thanks for, you know, thanks for making time for me today. I really appreciate it. And the rock opera sounds amazing. And looking forward to seeing you again at the Comic Expo here in the city. Thank you. Thank you very much. I'll see you a lot, I promise.